Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abundology Podcast. My name is Renee Spears, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I have talked about fly fishing multiple times. So I moved to Bozeman, Montana about a year and a half ago, and one of the reasons um, I wanted to move here was to learn how to fly fish and spend more time in nature. So I was overjoyed last year when I found a fly fishing class um, especially for women that taught you everything from the, because I honestly did not know one thing about fly fishing. So today we are talking to the instructor of that class and the owner of Two Gals in a Boat, my friend Sue Curver. Hi, Sue. Hi, Renee. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here with me today and talking about fishing. Thanks for having <laughs> me. I mean, how much fun. Spend the whole <laughs> A whole podcast talking about vision. I know. I love it. Now, you're one of the most interesting people I know. In addition to owning two gals in a boat, you're a fly fishing guide. You spent 12 years in the Coast Guard and are a Coast Guard licensed captain. And you served two years in the Peace Corps in Ethiopia. It's crazy. What a <laughs> life, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I'm only just getting started. Um, but yeah, those are all... Uh, foundational experiences, I feel, that have led me to this place where I'm at now um, and positioned me in such a way where I can uh, empower women, especially with getting into the outdoors. Yeah. So let's start with how you got into fly fishing. Sure. So that's, um, that's kind of a crazy story. I got out of the Coast Guard um, back in 2012. Um, and I think like a lot of veterans, I was trying to find my way sort of back in the civilian world, if you will. Um, you go from this space where you have like a close knit, almost family feeling, and there's a lot of structure and, you know, things like this that, that you find in the military. And then you're, then you're launched back out into the civilian world. So, um, so I struggled. And I will admit that I struggled and I struggled with purpose and I struggled with trying to figure out this next stage and what I was doing. And one thing that I found solace in was fly fishing. So I didn't know the first thing about fly fishing and I was trying to figure out how can I do this and connect with people? That was sort of my big thing is how can I find that community that I was craving that I felt that I had lost when I left the military service. So I connected with a lot of veteran organizations that were specific for fly fishing. Um, and I found that I was routinely the only woman participant um, in these organizations. And so, I mean, we can talk about that in a few minutes, but that certainly led me down a whole different road because, you know, when you are the only one, it brings up a whole lot of different things. Yeah. And one of the, not one of the things, there's so many things that I love about fly fishing, but, you know, we talk a lot about mindfulness on this podcast and meditation. And, you know, when you're fishing out there, you enter, you know, that state that really resembles meditation for so many reasons, you know, when you're in nature, I mean, come on, you're, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy when you're out in nature. Um, Two, you have to be really focused because I think that people don't realize how much there is to fly. Like, I just thought, oh, no, biggie, I'll put, you know, fly on and get out there and cast. Oh, no, you go, you have to know the types of flies, the line, the pole, where to fish, the time of the year, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So it requires you to stay focused. Um, and then the other part of it is just that rhythm of casting. 
you know, that just kind of gets you there. So I can really see one, how great this would be for people that were coming out of the military and veterans and, you know, just for peace of mind to lift depression, maybe even help with PTSD. Yeah. And I mean, I, all of those things really resonate with me, Renee, because I'll tell you, um, I think as part of that transition and part of that journey, and there was some other factors as well, sort of, I had this perfect storm of life that hits plus (laughs) middle age. And it was like, oh my, what do I do with all of this? And I really needed something where I could focus, but not really have to think about all of that stuff that was in my life that was swirling in the background. And to be quite honest, for the first couple of years um, in my fly fishing journey, I was a hot mess. I mean, I had no, there was nothing like this. So I had none of that information. I would just go out there with my fly box and absolutely no clue. And I'd, I'd struggle for, you know, an hour trying to tie something on and then I'd tie it on and my casting was a mess and I'd inevitably get it stuck in a bush or a tree. And I'm like, oh, but that whole process of having to do that, that's where my focus was. And so I wasn't feeling that day-to-day anxiety or stress or, you know, depression or any of those other elements that I, that I was struggling with. And I just, I think the reason that I continued to pursue it on a deeper level is because for me, it was so impactful and so healing in my journey that I recognized that this could also be impactful and healing for others, especially for women. And so that became my purpose. I was like, how can I take these life lessons? How can I take these feelings of empowerment? How can I take these opportunities that have allowed me to grow and share that with others? And so do we teach, do I teach fly fishing? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's what we do. We get out on the river and, you know, teach all the basic elements, but there's more to it. It really is. How do we reduce those barriers? How do we allow for community? How do we allow people to come together in a safe space where they feel okay, even if they're fearful about being outside, even if they have this resonating sort of narrative that says, I can't do that. I could never you know, that sort of, I could never do that thing. And how do we create success? So that's, that's my mission now. That's what I'm doing because of that journey that I went through to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the wonderful things I loved about the class was doing it with all the other women. You know, part of the reason I, in addition to wanting to learn how to fish was meeting new friends and cool friends that liked to be outside and be in nature. And the connection of the people in that group was great. And I think also because the majority of us were starting from zero. So it was okay to be a beginner and not know anything, you know, and then that sense at the end of, I'm going to get a little teary almost of like mastery, you know, like, man, I, you know, I've talked, I saw some guys out fishing a few days ago and I was able to talk the lingo with them and ask about the flies they used and, you know, their line and all that. And it just made me feel like part of the community here. And that's, that's the purpose. I, I just love that that was your experience because that's exactly what I wanted to create. Um, as I said, when I first started this journey and I was with my um, veteran brothers, I wasn't with my veteran sisters, right? And so 
while there was this sense of community, it wasn't my tribe. It wasn't people that I fully on a deep level connected with. And um, I just decided, I mean, I went through a, a leadership veteran training specifically for women and there was a lot of amazing women in there who wanted to do a lot of amazing things. But what I was hearing was, I have fear. I have uncertainty. I'm not sure. And I just thought, man, if I could do something where I bring women into a space where we do this together and we become sure and we, we get rid of those doubts and we get rid of that uncertainty, honestly, I really feel that that then translates to other areas of life. So when you feel success and mastery in something that you weren't even sure that you could do, and you do that with a group of like-minded individuals where you feel safe and empowered and excited, and you do it incrementally, right? So it's not all at one time. You then say, well, man, if I did that, I can go do this. And it may have absolutely nothing to do with fishing. You know, maybe it's just being a better mom or a better sister or a leader in your community, whatever your your goal or your desire is. Yeah, more self-esteem, more confidence, mm-hmm. all of that um, from fishing. It's so and cool. I, and, I just, and I wanted, you know, I love that you mentioned the, the uh, group that you went through. So that was very purposeful. When I put this together, I wanted this to be small. I wanted it to allow for creating community and sort of like unpeeling those layers that keep us guarded and, you know, don't allow us to move forward through whatever those, I keep saying barriers through whatever the fear or uncertainty or concerns are. Um, And so we do that. We, I've constructed it in such a way we start together as 12 women. And then throughout the session, we break it off. And so you've got your six key women and then the other six meet on a different day. And that's your cohort. That's who you go through. So you're making the same, you're learning, you're making the same mistakes, you're making the same successes, but you're doing it together. And my recollection is there was an awful lot of laughter and fun <laughs> had out on that river because I was then able to take a step back and you guys were relying on one another. You're like, let me help you with that. Let me show you, or can you help me? And that was such a beautiful thing to watch unfold. I just, I loved seeing, seeing that. Well, and it was okay to make mistakes. So I think often in life, we don't try things because we, when we don't want to fail, we don't know how to do it. We haven't done it before. And so this was like a safe space to be able to like, make some mistakes. I can still remember you telling me about making sure my line was right on the reel that it, you know, went under before it goes up through the, you know, you threw it. That will forever stay in my mind, you know, and then me being me knowing that and being able to tell a couple of the other gals in the class. So yeah, but Renee, yeah. those, those little tips and tricks were only known because, uh, <laughs> because I may have done that a time or two, right? So, and I think, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making mistakes and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I don't remember how to do this knot, or can you refresh this? Or can you explain this further? That's what this is about. This is, this is time to, um, to just create, we keep saying safe space, but create that opportunity for growth and for learning. Right. And like I said, we do it very incrementally. So again, very purposeful, you look at this program and you think, my gosh, seven months, that's a commitment. 
but it's only two hours once a month, right? right? With the same group of women. That's on purpose because my thought is if you can learn the, something small and then you can, that you can think about that for the next month and maybe practice it. Um, then the next time you come in, we build on that and then we build on that. And, and just by learning small things that build on one another before you know it. And I saw it, like you're in the river casting and getting fish. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And there's all these, yeah, a great experience. We're happy. We're, you know, excited to catch that first fish, just being out there. But there's also all the other benefits, the side effects, I want to call it, you know, the for the depression, for anxiety, putting in you, putting you in that different meditative state where you can just leave the world behind for a while and just be present. I think, you know, that isn't common in our society to spend a lot of time just being present. We do the opposite. We try, we do everything we can, can to avoid being present. So it's easy to get out there and fish and actually be present. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think one of those things is you have to give yourself permission to do that. You have yeah. to give yourself permission to have the time. You have to give yourself permission to have the experience um, and I mean, we can come up with a million reasons why we don't have time or we can't do it or whatever the case might be. But I would argue that the best uh, self-love that you can give is to give yourself some of that time for those experiences and to understand like you're worth it. You need to prioritize that because if you don't, you're not going to be good for anything else. You it's know, so true. And in my own journey, like that's what I have found. I will, uh, I will speak openly. I have struggled for sure with depression, with anxiety, with PTSD, with trauma, with all of these things. And I don't think that that's unusual. I used to think that had to stay hidden and that we couldn't talk openly about that, but that's not true. I think I'm more in the norm than the abnormal. Um, and I've been listening to some podcasts and doing some research on this phenomenon called post-traumatic growth. And it really is about struggling well after the trauma, and we all have trauma. We all have different types, whether it's a divorce or loss of a job or, you know, what you don't get to be middle-aged without a little trauma. Um, True. But I think that struggle, well, you know, they really talk about these components. And part of that is that meditative, you know, what are you doing for your body? What are you doing for your spirit? What are you doing for your soul, for your mind, for your friends? What kind of connections and support group do you have? This is all of those things. Yeah, it's all of those things. Um, the connection too. I was um, on a Sims fishing, like, I don't know what it was. It wasn't an advisory board, but they ask you, you know, questions about their clothing and all that. And, sure. you know, in Bozeman, they actually have days for women for fly fishing, where we all come together, there's events. And so that connection is really strong now where probably a, even 10 years ago, there weren't that many women that were fishing. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point, Renee, because I think, you know, you have to start somewhere, but yes. if you don't, if you don't start, then you can't grow. Um, and so like, if you think of doing something like this as a foundational piece to get the lingo, to get the experience, yes. to get the exposure, what could that then lead to? What more could you do? What more connections? Because now I'm, I'm going to take the leap and say, you're probably comfortable now going into a fly shop or speaking with those women through those 
you know, you just talked about the Sims group or the meetup groups or, I mean, there's a bunch of different opportunities out there, but personally, I speaking for myself, I would shy away from those opportunities thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm going to show up and look like an idiot. I just, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And um, you have to start somewhere. And I think that once you do that, the doors are wide open. Like it just, it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. When I was doing a little research about the benefits of fly fishing before we got on today, one I, this is an interesting fact, is I forget about the exercise and how good it is for your body too. You know, yeah. we, it's all it's so great for your mind and spirit and soul. But one hour waiting, you know, in the river because you're fighting that current there, you got to hold yourself tight. It burns between 700 and 1600 calories, one hour of fishing. Isn't that crazy? Okay. I have to admit, I did not know that. I just know every time I go wade fishing, I'm like, wow, that was, and then if you, if you couple that with a nice hike, cause you're doing a small backcountry stream or something like that. Yeah. And then you're using your whole body, your core to hold yourself, you know, there yeah. and casting is so cool. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons, um, that I joined this class is my dad has fly fished for his entire life. He's his birthday was yesterday. He's 85. He never listens to my podcast. So I'm going to actually send him this episode. And one of the reasons I wanted to learn how to fly fish was to go fly fishing with him. So he is coming up to Montana this summer so we can fly fish together. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm overjoyed. So talk about connection, just, you know, more connection, even in my own family of being able to do something with my dad while he's still able to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm seeing that with, um, with a lot of, of the gals, right. As there's connection with each other, but I have a lot of folks who are like, well, Sue, I want to be able to fly fish with my kids. I mean, I've gone out um, with some of my friends who have young girls and we're getting them on the river at a very young age and we're helping them feel excited about this. And, you know, the other thing that we haven't talked about yet, but especially with the younger generation, we talk a lot about conservation and our fisheries and what that means and how we can keep our fisheries and our rivers and our watersheds healthy as, you know, as we progress. And that is so critical that um, especially the next generation, these generations coming up, understand that and understand their impacts um, as they're doing these recreational activities. So I think having that connection, being able to expand this and doing this with family, I had, and I had some ladies that are like, well, I want to be able to fish with my husband or I want to be my partner or my kiddos or my parents or whatever the case might be. Um, yeah, it just, it just opens up a lot of chances for them. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the conservation point because I feel like that is the other level of this is really connecting on a soul level with nature mm -hmm. and being aware of, um, you know, the things on your boots so you don't, you know, spread, spread them from one, you know, uh, some piece of water to another, mm -hmm. um, making sure you're, what do you, not bobbers, what's the lingo? Or, yeah, strike indicator. I want to, I'm the old fashioned. I want to call them bobbers. The strike <laughs> indicators that happen to get off that make sure they're recyclable, all of that kind of stuff. Right. So we talked a lot about that in the class and it was uh, really wonderful. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I have a, just professionally speaking. So my time in the Coast Guard, I, I did a lot with living marine resources and fisheries. And I'm 
currently uh, in a position where I work in conservation specific for, um, you know, we talk, we do a lot with fisheries as well. So that is near and dear to my heart, because if we don't protect our natural resources, and if we don't look at these as gifts, there will be nothing left. And so, yeah, we have to be very thoughtful about the aquatic invasive species that you're talking about. And yes. how we are not uh, participating in the destruction, but instead we are participating in conservation practices. And so, you know, it can be real overwhelming. Like you can go down the rabbit hole with that and, you know, all the scientific research and things like that. But um, I just feel like it, it's, we just break it down and we just talk about these simple, here's some simple things that you can do to be thoughtful. It's at least having some thought around this so that, you know, you're thinking about not leaving your trash in the river and not, you know, just little things that can make a huge impact. Yeah. And especially now, I think because fly fishing is exploding in popularity, you know, mm -hmm. and there's so many more people on the river and the lakes now, it's even more important than maybe it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And, you know, here in Montana, it's so exciting because we have so many different species and we have uh, so many different types of watersheds and types of ecosystems. And there's also that interaction. You're on the river. I mean, this has happened to me a number of times. You're on the river and you look up and there's a moose or there's an eagle or there's, you know, and so you have this interaction of different types of wildlife that are participating in this ecosystem where you're out there fishing and just taking a moment to take that in and feel that gratitude about how incredible is it that we have this chance to just be for a moment to just be like, I don't know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is a perfect place to end. Because yeah. this to me is about just being, which I think all of us um, strive for and want in our life just to feel connected to everything, the universe, people, nature, you got it. And this and fly fishing allows us to do that. So thank you so much for talking fishing with me today, Sue. Well, thanks for having me, Renee. I'm <laughs> so excited to just sort of share a little bit of myself and my passion and honestly, my mission. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have another class starting this spring. Um, yes, which is the I assume the same as you did last year. I do. So we uh, the next class kicks off on April 25th. Uh, it'll be seven months long. So it'll go through October. Um, we will start the first class in a classroom setting just to kind of kick it off. And then the rest of the time is on the water. Um, we like I said, we meet once a month, two hours a month, and we'll it's limited to 12 folks and there are seats are already starting to fill. Um, but we will be going over the basics and just given opportunities for all these things that we've talked about today, connection <laughs> and basics and learning and, you know, all those things. And you have generously offered um, our Abundology podcast listeners $50 off the class package if you use the code FISHERWOMAN2023. And I will put a link to your uh, website in the podcast, but it's just twogalsandaboat.com. So if you want, if you're in the Bozeman area, Montana area, and you want to join Sue um, for this fabulous life-changing class, it changed my life. I'm falling in love with fly fishing. Um, please go to her website and check it out. I cannot recommend it highly enough. So, well, thank you, you. and I I hope some of your listeners do that. I'm I'm excited to see how this pans out this year and who we it, have. 
in this next cohort. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, Renee.